everyone. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Around the Console. Uh, tonight, we're going to be reviewing the new latest edition, Chapter 4 of uh, Flux Doctor Who, which is called Village of the Angels. I'm your host, Craig, and I'm joined by my excellent and gorgeous friends, Bob, Cliff, John, and Suki. We have no idea what we think about the episode. I'm going to find out now, and I can't wait. My views are very strong, one way or the other. But I'll, put, I'll come to me last. Guys, what did you think of Sunday night's episode? Well, first of all, that's a cracking introduction. That, that was really good. Did a top Compared job to Sucky. Thank you so much. You should have gone straight into your flipping uh, your opinion straight away, Craig. No, no I like I, no. He's I'm a perfect host. I go elsewhere first. You see, mm. kind of get oh. the vibe, and then beside, and then as you know, Sucky, then I've got nothing left to say basically. So everyone else has said it. Come on, guys, what did you think? I'm dying to know. This was a a, a, a bit of a big episode, wasn't it? Really, mine was. This was perfect British sci-fi at its best this reminded me of a combination of hammer horror it had the village elements it reminded me a lot of Mark Gattis gothic stuff definitely gothic element uh, have they written it to be to be played towards the foreign market I don't know because this is the Americans would just lap it up this is the perfect telly um, the fact that it's got together with Alderton the lady before uh, who also written that other gothic piece from the last season just shows that she knows knows what to write when it comes to gothic stuff. That's my first initial parts of it. I liked it because it felt more standalone than the others, even though we did get drops into um, uh, Vinder's uh, misses and what's going on there. And there's been a couple of people saying they couldn't understand what that was, but I've got some ideas going forward. Is That's that what she's famous for then? The kind of the writing of gothics. I don't know who this woman is. I didn't Google it because I knew that one of you two, most one of you four, yeah, most I, I Googled she it. Did, uh, she did the gothic Frankenstein Mary Shelley one right. last year. I see. Oh, oh, did she? The House of Villa, Oh, Villa, I love that. Villa, yeah, the Lust of Orders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so she's back. Oh, okay. I loved that one as well last time. All right then, um, guys. Yes. What else? I, I really, really love this story. It, as, as Cliff says, there's loads of horror in there. The angels were super creepy. Uh, I like the character of Professor Jericho in that he wasn't such a uh, a, blush, a bluffing idiot, blustering idiot, right? But he was properly uh, a proper professor. Uh, Jody really worked well. And I have noticed, and a couple of times I have noticed other people have mentioned it, but Jody seems to work better without her companions around her. And this is a bit, we bit weird, but she was really, really good in this. Um, the the storyline with Yaz and uh, Dan walking around uh, when they've been zapped into the past, that was super creepy, especially the little girl. Just the weird, weird way she was acting. Whether, she, whether she knew something before and before she grew up to be the old woman. Uh, but other than my first impression of this, it was just it was a really great, great episode. John, Schlager, it was fucking mint. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really good. It was. I, I rarely watch things twice because I, I've already watched it. I've got it in my head. I don't, nothing surprises me then. But this one, when I watched it twice to get my review and to do my sort of notes, it was just as gripping. In fact, more so the second time round. And I was like, yeah, this is really, really, really good TV. The Doctor is really good. Geordie is pretty good at the Doctor stuff now. I think they've yeah. had a little tonal shift in the way they write her. You said over the last couple of episodes that she's your doctor. Is that what you're well, still thinking? She's she's certainly a good enough doctor to be in my list of top three doctors. Who are your top three doctors then, John? Well, we on the spot, Tom Baker. Uh, I would say I really like Peter Davison for some reason, but I do like Peter Davison and then Jodie. So Not in that order necessarily. No, yeah, yeah, because it varies, yeah. doesn't it, when you're watching it? But okay, I, really, Bob I really enjoyed the. Uh, no, I'm not finished. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hard no, taskmaster when I'm in charge. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Professor uh, Eustatius. I can't remember yes. his name. Top name. Jericho. Jericho and uh, Jago and Lightfoot vibes from him definitely. Mm. And uh, and I really look. I really like Claire Brown. I think she would be a fantastic um, companion. And I think I got like vibes from old companions for Claire because of the hairstyle and the style of makeup and Best just the way well. she, the bob and, and like the, the 60s clothing it was like 
She could slot right in as a companion, really easy. Slot right in. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. Bob. Um, do you know what my favourite thing about it was the fact that Hugo Lang has come back into it from the Twin Dilemma yes. uh, about about thirty years later with a dress sense and and hiding. Good because hide, this is a hundred times better than that <laughs> shit. <laughs> and hiding hiding as a professor on planet Earth. I love it. John's um, looking confused. It no, was, I know what you mean. I, it, it, okay. it was it was it was good. Um, my, my problem is with it that last last week. For me, I've struggled to watch anything after last week. Being for me the best episode of Doctor Who ever. Um, it was just so uh, fucking. And is it? Is what about this one, Bob? Is it? No, it's not. Oh, it's it's it good. Okay, it's no. it's very good. Um, I, my, yeah, I, I, I was always going to struggle after last week because last week for me is just like yeah, well, that was it. It was just I, I don't think I'd see anything as good as that in Doctor Who again. It was challenging. It was everything. It was amazing. Whereas this was very very good. It was very very Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, it was simple. It was you know it was tense. It was gripping. It was based on the siege because that box has been ticked now. You know we've had the starting episode, we've had the big epic battle with the one on Tyrants, and then we've had the timey wimey stuff last week. And then then it was about time. I thought we were ready for a base under siege, and that's what we got. I'm not a fan of the angels, and I, um, I liked it the second. I liked it a lot more the second time I watched it. Um, I just I just I mean the cliffhanger. Um, it was one of the best cliffhangers in Doctor Ever. When she turns into an angel, that was immense, and it looked cool with the angels. I just, have, I just don't. I'm not on board with the angels, but but in, it was. In what way? I just think they're a bit shit. As a concept or as the a concept, design? A, a concept, a design. I just, I, I like them. In, I liked them in Blink, and then I just have never. I, can't, I no, they're just, they're just better. Make up a new monster or something. That was my only sort of drawback. Was it? With it was the angels, um, but I, it was very good. It was very good. See, I love it, the concept of the angels. The fact that they they zap you back in time and live off the energy. I mean. To be fair, I'm not usually in love with the angels either as, as a kind of adversary. They've never particularly, even I know everyone raves about Blink, and I think Blink is a really good story, but it never blew me away. I was always really surprised by the reaction that came to it. Uh, and the same with um, when it comes back with Matt Smith, can't remember what it's Flesh called now. Flesh and Stone, yeah. Uh, and then they kind of never really had a big one after that. Didn't, oh, Angels Take Manhattan, which I like actually. Um, but yeah, I think they're a great premise, and I think they're beautifully realized. I, I think they're a really good adversary that never been particularly well written until yeah. this yeah all right i like that there's a renegade version of one of them yeah, yeah. I like that. yeah. that's an interesting story to maybe delve into later yeah, yeah. i like with the Sorry. the angel my thing with the angels the only thing i it's a great concept as you all said it's a great concept they are creepy super creepy and they do like to wear uh, the way they're, they're portrayed is well realized on the telly but the only thing i've always saw is if you've got a number of people all staring at the one yeah angel, that's it for me right you, you can can't get away all, can't, yeah uh, you can get away, but, but the, it's uh, the terror and all these people die. Where well, they're all trying to stare. When one could blink, the other one's still staring. They can't move. I think that's, move. that's it for me. Is that this yeah. con- the concept doesn't quite? It's not directed I, quite right. Or it's not quite. I get. I get the right. idea that it's like there's a little bit flawed in <clears throat> in something that can't move unless <clears throat> unless it's not being observed. Observed. But have you ever tried not blinking? It's, it's really no. impossible, isn't it? And, and, have you ever tried not blinking in a panicky situation where you might die? Oh, God, I never thought about that, because actually, it's a sign I, of stress, isn't yeah. it? I understand that. On a one, one-on-one situation with you and an angel, yeah, you're going to get caught. But if there's two or three people there, surely one of you can go, one of you can blink, one of you, the others can move Yeah, away. that sort of organisation oh. when you're panicking and in a stressful And situation. also, yeah. as, as I think when they first brought the angels in in Blink, it was one, it was basically just really one angel at a time, wasn't it? But now you've got the, the multiple angels that are attacking, they seem to be getting bigger and bigger, right, from Flesh and Stone and this, there were just angels everywhere, you know, surrounding I, houses. So I think that's kind of, you can only have so many people and you are surrounded, you can't look everywhere and that's where the pressure comes in. I found with with this story element of being gothic and being in an English little uh, village as well, having the angels complemented the story so well. Because if they would have used another monster, like from uh, obviously another planet or come from the Earth itself, it wouldn't actually have 
gelled as good as these angels. The first time you see that angel, we knew that it was coming angels anyway with the bloody trailers, but sometimes yeah. I hope they don't show trailers half the time. But the first time you see it in that graveyard, you think, oh, here they come. And then they've got the barrage part around the house. <laughs> it's very much like, um, you know, like Walking Dead zombie and they replace it with the angels like they're barging into the house and they're under siege. Sucky's going to argue something about this part. Yeah, go on, Sucky. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I agree with Cliff, because that imagery <laughs> right at the beginning in the graveyard is the thing that makes the angels quite... Uh, you need the angels in this sort of episode, because that's what you see when you walk around graveyards, yeah. is those these angel-like statues uh, all over the place. But, but that, that but village... I, is this, I think I'm pretty certain that's legend. Uh, is that what it's called? Matt Smith's village? Because obviously I've been and visited it and all the time I was watching, I'm thinking I can visualize that street. I can visualize that church. Uh, it's where the Amy Pond village and all the rest of it. And oh. it just looked, everything, it's exactly, once you watch it again, I mean, I've not checked the filming locations, but when I was watching it, even the first time around and Matt, who's got an amazing eye for detail for such things, just went, that's legend, that's Matt Smith. Um, and it Fucking just matched. Nerd. I know, <laughs> bless him. He suffers a lot having to go there it with me. It reminded me of the demons. Yes, much. completely. Yeah, that, and that, the same with Peggy closed. as well. Yeah, village closed off and yeah, yeah and, and Peggy, but yeah. The what old lady I, Peggy. What I loved about it, and this is where I think, I mean, we've all sung Chibnall's praises and, uh, right through this. It's really modernised it, that it wasn't just the demons where it was cut off from the village. You had that element, didn't you, of then of the um, the extraction. Uh, yeah, and yeah. the whole village isolated from time and space so that the extraction could take place. And that, to me, was an amazing moment where it kind of lifted the story from a base under siege to, well, it's still base under siege, but a new element added to it. The whole thing had been removed mm. so they yeah. could be trapped. I loved that moment. I thought it was brilliant. There was some it, it was ama- cool. there was some amazing shots in it this episode as well. In fact, there's one particular shot where she's walking up to a mirror in a sort of in one of her visions, Claire's uh, visions, and yes. she slings down and like so that's been done. That's a proper camera trick. Yeah. That was like somebody else walking towards the mirror, Claire walking towards it. It's just a gap. Oh, I don't think I saw that, John. And she bends down, the camera, go, the camera goes right in and then comes back and she's not there. So, it's, and she's got wings and it's like, oh, man. Oh, yes, yes. So, yes. Yeah, that was looking. great when the wings appeared. Yeah. So it's just a great camera directorial choice to do something like that and a practical effect. It's really nice. i tell you my favourite image of it. Uh, it again, again, I completely agree that they, I don't know the word, direction, cinematography, whatever it might be, was beautiful right throughout this. It was so beautifully created. There's that scene on the beach and oh, you've yeah. got the angel oh, and yeah. the doctor, but they've both got a tide coming in behind them. So they've, mm. and that was just, first time I saw it, I just thought it looked great and, and I couldn't quite place what it was. And the second time it was literally the fact there was two seas, one behind the other. I mean, it was also my part of the waves. It's really it's Moses. It's really good. Yeah. And it's got quite great grayness towards it as well. And then it lights when it needed to be lit as well. Yeah. And the dark moments, it was awesome. Most of the way through it. But I think the one of the main characters where it stood out for me was the Professor Jericho. Oh, yeah. Just it comes across that um, typical British, like PG uh, Woodhouse type character. And then is it, there's an excellent line which I've written down where the the angel comes comes and mimics him, mimics his voice, yeah, and he goes, it is impressive, but most impolite without permission. It was, was lovely like, that. Dutch and British, you can't yeah. get away with that. Yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> loved it. Yeah. But he, he, was, he was a great character because you look at 1960s, 1970s characters of that sort of ill, professor-type characters. If a young woman comes in and starts taking over, they usually get quite, you know, yes. in, in they get, yeah, they get quite boys, uh, uh, quite off. Yeah, peeing yeah, off. I see. Yeah. Right, and they just want to, just don't want to get anything, uh, don't want to listen to him. But he seemed to listen to everything the doctor was saying to him. Uh, he understood what was going on. He didn't argue that too much. And whatever the doctor told him to do. He did, which made him a great character with this story. Kevin Manelli, you just 
Uh, got oh, the part. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the fact that you got. I mean, he was yeah, he's only he was a great actor. And the acting everywhere was fantastic in this. Um, but you got that little bit of depth, didn't it? It's almost like, well, why isn't he flinching with any of this going on? You got that one line about being one of the first to arrive at Belson, and therefore this isn't going to scare him. And I just thought that was actually really clever. It was one line. He made you kind of warm to him straight away from that, and you thought a man of steel. You know, you thought he's got re- he's almost unshockable after that. Um, and I just thought it was really beautifully and it, written. And even under the pressure, and then the, the weeping angels are breaking in, and everything that's going on. The minute the doctor says, "I want to do like a mind meld with you," oh, I love it. Yeah, he's like, "Let me record this. Let me record this." <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. His scientific principles clicking. Bob, you're very quiet. Are we convincing you on this, or what? What we're thinking? Are you- I, I've got not uh, to be honest. I've got not a lot to say. It was just a very good episode of Doctor Who. Um, yeah, I thought Geordie was brilliant. I thought Daz and um, Daz, Yaz and Dan was shit. Oh, did uh, you? I think I think Mandy is it Mandy Mandy Gill Mandy Gill Mandy yeah. Gill I think she's it's a it's a bit like what I thought about Jodie I think off screen as a person they're brilliant like they've got such great personalities but they <clears> weren't <throat> quite reflected in the characters and I think Yaz like if you've seen Mandy like outside of Doctor Who she's really cool funny awesome just the summit about us it's got like a star quality in this I just Yaz has never done it for me and she very much didn't do it for me in this and and Dan was just irrelevant really I, I I kind of I kind of agree Dan was wooden uh, yeah. this time through uh, but yes I thought she was particularly strong in this yeah I thought she was decent but you know it is what it is she bought her but, but, but but jury skills she did and all that but I mean it's the way she plays she's acting and that's that's how she's acting the part I just think it's a bit of a shame when you see the girl in real life and she is this yeah. like just really art like like Jodie is she's phenomenal. outgoing she's outgoing, outgoing she... great smile like just really good start awesome you all kind of want to hang out with her whereas Yaz you don't really kind of want to hang out with her so much but I think Jodie in this it's, pro- it's possibly her best performance absolutely as the, as the doctor yeah yeah I, yeah, I would say there's it... loads of really nice moments that she has yeah it's... just like the reaction things you know when she's like got some two things and like and she's really surprised that it works Yes. Kicks the yeah. yeah. And that bitch has got a hot, um, hot spanner, uh, and, uh, hot, 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 uh, and all that sort of stuff, and like all the all the reaction stuff, and like, oh, I've just made it brilliant. I've just she made it worse. She kind of got the balance between like the full-on angry Doctor we've seen and the fun Doctor, and it was still there still had an element of fun, although it was it was she, you could tell it was serious and all that, and the little gadget bits where she straps the phone and she's getting all the stuff out of her pockets and all the, she I just she that was this for me is definitely a, yeah she's had some great performances but I think this really hit it. The uh, thing there as well, sorry, the thing there as well. If you notice the way Jodie is in real life, she's quite outgoing, quite bubbly and everything, and this is sort of I think they're writing towards her personality, whereas they've sort of neglected Mandip Gill's Mandip, yeah. pers- don't right. see, personality. I, I, using- don't know that they have. I'll come back to. I think, I think they wanted to explore more on the Doctor side in this episode because she seems to have changed as a Doctor. Definitely in this this season because she's out looking for her history. She's out a little bit of selfishness within her because she wants to understand what's going on. She fears that what is happening is because of her from um was it Alsoc as well. And then right at the beginning, when it's like we're gonna search for this little girl, yet she's still going after with with a um with a um a screwdriver and she's trying to insist what else is going on in this place. You yeah. can see that I, I can understand uh Dan and uh, um, Yaz's bit where they've been pushed to one side because it's one of those episodes where this is mainly Doctor and they're to one side. But I don't mind that. It happens all the time in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and that continued. But it did continue at a pace where you got to see Peggy, you got to see her story. And especially, I don't know what it was, so an abusive um, foster parent or grandparent or something. Grandpa, something going yeah. on there. She is cold. Oh, was fucking ice, wasn't I was she? Gonna say she that. was cold. cold. Yeah. Yeah. I quite liked the bit that Yaz actually cried and apologised. Because yeah. I just thought, I I don't think Mandip Gill did play it wrong because I thought I that what, did. What, what happened. I mean, I, I think in series one, yeah, I think that Yaz was probably the the kind of the forgotten companion, and I thought in series two she was amazing, and I think the same in series three. She's I think much she much more played, competent this time. 
Yeah, and yeah. I think she played it as the, the police officer. You know, that's what she yeah. did, didn't she? She went yeah. in and she was controlling the search and then she was all about when they arrived in the village in 1901, we have to find the girl, we have to make sure she's fine. And the last thing you want is a police officer that's trying to keep control and take stock, be it overreactionary one way or and she played it. Yeah, she did play it neutral, but I think that was probably a deliberate decision because she went into a professional role and, and it, I think they were trying to keep it a bit real as to her origins as a character. That's how I viewed it. Yeah. You know what? I, I really miss Bradley Walsh. I really miss Graham. I think oh, if Graham God, had really? been... Oh, I love, I love Graham. I, I love fucking Bradley. hated him. I think uh, his storyline <laughs> finished. Oh, really? Yeah. No, but I mean, like I mean, imagine... I, I was kind of imagining if Graham was Dan, you know, swapped them around, I think you'd have a... I just I thought it would be a lot better, that section. Um, I must admit, I'm a bit like that with Dan. I really do like him, and I don't, he's not... No, I, I rephrase that. I like him, but I kind of sometimes think he has the same facial expressions a little yeah, he's bit. he's not an actor, yeah. is he? No, no. And, and I think that shows... Yeah, and, and it's, it's not, it doesn't offend me, it's not bad, but I think, I think possibly he might have been cast more for his name more I, than his ability. I think more to, but, he's been cast as the carry-on person. That's well, the they carry, have one, carry-on they? character. They have, like, Bernard Cribbins was one, yeah. and you got in Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh was the comedy line. one before. Yeah. They always have someone to have that little bit of slapstick with it. you got the yeah. serious ones. I think having this many uh, companions is just enough for me. When you yeah. have more than that, it's just it gets a bit of a blowout and they all don't yeah. get a say. So these have had a say, but this episode was, I think, particularly the Doctor. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to just agree with Cliff that, that you've got to have episodes which are concentrating on certain characters. And in this episode, they're concentrating more on the Doctor and what was happening in 1960s uh, time rather than what was happening with um, Yaz and uh, Dan in I 1910. Th- I think Yaz and Dan are a decent sort of pair. Yeah. I think they're starting to bounce off each other now. I just wish that like John Bishop could be a little bit more expressive. Yeah, that's what I think lets him down. I don't think it's tone, I don't think it's his lines or the way he's written. I actually think it is his, his, his almost inability to use his face to convey emotions. What? I was just going to say, I did. what I did really like was the way the two storylines were slightly tricky, as in you didn't quite know what the times were, if you know what I mean. Mm. And I particularly like something that I didn't, I noticed the second time around. So when you've got um, the vicar in the graveyard in 1901, uh, and then you've got the couple looking for the 10 year old daughter in 1967. So the couple are looking, the old couple are looking for Peggy at 10 years old. And Mrs. Haywood in 1901 has been writing notes to people and the vicar's yeah. trying to... Uh, she, no, no, she, no, no, she was in 1967, was Mrs. Haywood. She was in 1967. Yeah, Reverend was she, in 1967. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, the other way around, yeah. Oh, right, no, well, ignore me then. Because I, I was thinking, yeah, no, well, I got confused because everyone was shouting Peggy then. I kind of thought that was quite clever. But, I mean, in general, I didn't really pick up on that until later on. No, no, I don't think I of, did either. Of, of the two time things. And I thought that was that was added to the tension. of Because, like I said, like said last week, when you kind of know what's going on, it does add to the tension. And that it, this was tense. It was, it was brilliant. It was a really good episode of Doctor Who. Um, did, I was just I thought, sorry, Bob. I was just going to say, did anybody actually get the connection sorry, that... <laughs> Peggy, Peggy and Miss Hawthorne were the same person because I yeah. didn't realise until she actually said yeah. it. Didn't I, was, I twigged when she yeah. walked into the screen, so I twigged yeah. before she said it. Yeah, but only, yeah. only about, yeah, yeah. only within the beginning of that scene yeah. itself, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they came on screen and that was the moment. Yeah. And there was an obvious age difference between. I quickly went, you know, 1967. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I, did, I did like the fact that as soon as they moved from 67 back to 1901. It's got something which which happens a lot in villages all over England. Is you can't really see much difference. Like, no. <laughs> it's only a horse and cart when you have to push on and go. Yeah, it's not a one. <laughs> <laughs> Things don't change in villages yeah. in England, do they? That's no. why they like to use them as locations. In, uh, yeah, in nearly everything. And that's, that's, that's what BBC does. Brilliant is dramas and all this stuff going in oh. the past. They, they relish in that, and it does do well all over the world. So when they combine the two elements of sci-fi of the uh, Doctor Who and the drama of, uh, you know, um, timepieces. It works so well. I think everything about this looked truly beautiful. The yeah. atmosphere, the buildings, the churchyard, the mist, and, and it had a real urgency to it. And, and, and I don't know, it just, the angel seemed more 
in place in this story. I mean, I never forget, I, I don't mind the angels. They're not my favorite, like I said, at the beginning, like Bob. And I never forget that scene with Moffat when, you know, you had the, uh, in Angels Take Manhattan, when you had the, the Statue of Liberty. And that was ridiculous. It really was <laughs> stupid. Whereas this looked so much better because it was like in creepy graveyards when it was going round. It, ju it just worked brilliantly for me. And even the even when they were going down the, 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 the corridors and the alleys, it just seemed... Let, but it obviously wasn't studio bound. It was better. Go on, just okay. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to back to something that John said about the Renegade Angel. Now, mm, yeah, this Renegade Angel worked for Division, and you you've also got the Doctor was captured in do, uh, the do, New don't Year's. All special. of the don't all of the angels work for the Division. I got the impression well, that all of that's what they said apart from the Renegade dude. Who's dipped off later? Yeah. Reckon, yeah, but that's oh, new this episode, know. isn't it? That that yeah. only came oh, yeah, out yeah. in this episode. Yeah, we didn't yeah. Know yeah. That. yeah. But I'm just wondering if this renegade angel has anything to do with the angel that was also with the Doctor in the prison in the Dalek episode, uh, New Year's. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a Ooh. nice thing. Oh, yeah. that's a good, great. Yeah, somebody great. pointed that out in one of the comments, and I thought maybe well, I'll ask one of you guys. If it's, you got, it's got the same. If it's got the same face, because that's the same. The same model of the weeping angels as yeah, the scar. Yeah, the yeah. Scar. If it's the same, we might have to go back and check that. So keep going back and check. That's that, a good Sookie. one. There you go. I'll have a look later. <laughs> yeah, it'll give you something to do because you've got nothing oh, else to do, have you? No, what did we think no, about no, this no, idea of the angels being division, though? Did we like it or were we not? I, did, well, I liked it. I like. I liked. I like the division thing is quite exciting, and 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 knowing this this history, which we don't know about the Doctor, is great. I, I lo so I love it all that, and I love the fact. I think the angels were me because it's brilliant graveyard like, like you're all saying graveyard it is tense it's horror it's gothic it's great it's just something and I don't know if it's the direction with the angels because it must be very tricky to direct to have this thing that doesn't move then moves and and the people sometimes people aren't looking you know like the professor there was times when he wasn't looking at the screen and no one was looking because they were doing this and it's just little things like that now I know they shouldn't really bother you but it's just that's where the, the, um, it breaks the illusion think, for me a little bit. I, I suspect that they were being observed by at any point if they were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I think it's just me, me. Because, because on paper they should they should be. You know, on paper they are brilliant, and, and they, on, on the screen they look great. And it, yeah, and all that. I don't know. I don't know. I think this had one of the strongest horror elements in Doctor Who I've seen for a while, right in the opening credits, when Claire sits up and she uses the angel's voice. It, it, yeah. I mean, my, my other half is a big possession horror film fan, and it, it immediately took me straight to films like The Exorcist or The Conjuring kind of things that are coming out, you know, that kind of voice coming through. And I actually thought that was quite chilling. Yeah, it's quite chilling. Did, what yeah, I did I like that. was they did a bit of Borg Queen Davros. They gave, yes. they gave, they gave the angels a voice, basically. Yeah. yeah. A personality, which sometimes you know, pe people don't sometimes like that. Like the Borg Queen got a lot of stick, I think, in in Star Trek, and yeah. you know, Davros. People sometimes complain about that, but I think it, that that element really worked. Given the worked, personality, yeah. the, 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 the like you said before, the scene on the beach with the oh, sea with the tides was beautiful, but brilliantly played. Georgie, my God, like and, and the lady that plays Claire was phenomenal. Um, they're, they're a great little partnership, oh, don't they? Yeah. Can I just say yeah. just a one-liner? I do think her hair is beautiful and it has that little bit of a wave to it. Yeah. I know, I, no, no, it looks really gorgeous. I love it. It's a, I mean, she's a pretty woman anyway, but when her hair is like that, it's like, oh, she looks brilliant. Anyway, so that's just a one-off comment. Go on, Bob. I interrupted someone. And that's and, you saying that, Craig, so it must be true. Hey, I have to say, this is Craig. really weird. I think she's actually the most attractive doctor. I don't find any of the doctors sexy whatsoever, but if I was a straight guy or whatever, I think she would be a very sexy doctor. Oh, I don't I know. I'd, I'd fuck Sylvester McCoy. Easy. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Come, Bob. You were saying serious I, stuff. I, I, I can, I can confirm that, Craig. Yeah, yeah I do think she's a beautiful woman. Well, um, but this uh, well, she's got this like she's got her own mannerisms now as well which she kind of has a little bit but there's this like slight awkwardness to her like yeah, a doctor like, it's like you know, an like innocence this, as well yeah she's just honestly well, she like John says I, I'm going to put her up in my definitely top five of doctors oh yeah without think, a doubt I think I, I saw something about she was doing uh, an interview about when she was uh, pretending to be the uh, the Ruth doctor 
She, oh, yeah. she, so she was talking about her, her what she has in her head when she's doing the doctor is to to shorten herself. She hunches a bit. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and like it's a little bit like that, and she's less. Yeah, I think, I think she's a fantastic actress, and she's finally into the swing of it in season three, and it was going to end. And what I love about it as well is she's kept all the all the doctors have the mannerisms, and once or twice they've got a bit lost. I think like Capaldi, etc., or they've changed like the shut up. But her, she's kept that kind. I know some people haven't liked them all the way through, but she's kept that kind of curious face that she pulls that scrunchy nose and yeah. she's done the constant chattering which she does even there by talking about you know like a scrabble and the word yeah. score and things like that. she's now, kept that verbal diarrhea almost talking out loud we need um, to we need to talk about uh eustatius's uh as a word in scrabble because 33 points on the triple word is not cool, fucking any it? good however however having looked into it eustatius uh, is nine letters so you can technically have it over two triple word scores. So potentially, with a bonus for using all seven letters in your slide, you could potentially get 116 points. Wow. John, I am oh, amazed that you even researched that. And that I, didn't, I didn't research it. I just thought of it for a second because that's how Scrabble works. <laughs> such such a great name of the use for it. It was. Now, I've got a question about him. At the end, I, I don't know the answer, so I'm hoping you'll tell me. When he gets zapped back in time, he gets the image of the the um, statue in its eye and he get does he get a little bit of dust? So does an angel go into him? Or is that just me reading into that scene? I think I oh, got from from that I got the fact that yeah. it's the uh, the dust was what sent him back because the dust touched him. Ah right, because I thought, oh my god, that's a horrible thing to do but to him. I don't him. know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I do yeah. like. The, I also like the idea that um, uh, the renegade angel using Claire because she had a premonition of the angel, and you uh, and it is what I've forgotten the, the line that Jodie uses to. She's a seer. Yeah, yeah, but, see, yeah. No, but what she says when you when you an image of a image angel, oh, you become the image, don't you? Yeah, whatever. Well, I like the idea yeah. that you got into her that way. That was yeah. really clever. It also explains all the uh, time uh, time shenanigans because we were all confused how she got into the past yeah. and how she knew the doctor. It's because she was a, she's she's like a, pro, a seer that can see the future. That's how she recognised the doctor, mm. knew all this stuff. It wasn't that she was from another past. time. She was just from born in nineteen eighty-five. Cool. It was cool. It was. A, it was. I kind of didn't expect that of Claire, and I think that's that was a great, great surprise. For that she's to come back got like it did. beautiful eyes, is Claire. Cliff, somebody's <laughs> got yeah. a new lady. I she looked one... great with her hair in a bob. I loved it oh, anyway. She did amazing. I like the red tights. But what? <laughs> what? One <laughs> thing in the one part of the story which we haven't touched on yet is Belle's yeah. story. Yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Literally, was going to ask. Yeah, that really changed it in a different direction. Go on, Cliff. No, I, I was just thinking the way the way it was constructed within the storyline of this. Like, obviously, it's just split it off. But I think the connection is it's showing about people disappearing, and then it had this to show obviously people being picked up by the passenger or disappearing, and Vinda's search for. Her. I'm not sure if this was part of obviously the 10 part, which has been reduced to six part and it's been thrown in there. But to me, it still did fit. Like oh, we're yeah, still seeing each yeah, week. I started answering the question from last week. Yeah. About where, go on, John. No, it's all right. I was just going to say Bell's story. I think that's set. What, what we're seeing when we're seeing it, we're seeing things that happened before episode one yeah. of this thing because, and then Vinda is arriving much, much later. So he's. I mean, all those people that went into that prison, that passenger, are probably dead now because we saw it last week and all the week before, and, and yeah, oh, yeah. And he killed him yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. I loved it when passenger arrived. I thought that was great. Like we, Sucky said last week about answering the questions of its own threads about things, um, and I That's thought that was a nice little loop about how did the people get in passenger? How did they get them there? Well, that was yeah. the answer to the question. They she picked duped. up. They were duped. Well, they were duped. I saw that as quite political on a very sub level. It was very much about refugees joining and yeah. I, I, can't, I love the sort of like uh, blind religion element to it. You know, like. Yeah. Um, G Jesus or whatever on the mountain when he's talking yeah. basically life of Brian where was in life of Brian but like the serious bit of, of whatever of that context of come to worship Azor yeah. and passenger is the saviour and like 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 a lot of you know religion back then it was used to manipulate people to go to war to do certain things to do things that, that they would die for 
Um, and I quite like that element. And I also like Neil out of the in-betweeners. I was going to say, what well, yeah. I thought he was a like cracking was, actor in this, great. actually. Yeah, yeah, he I'd have preferred him in a bigger role. I mean, this is sort of one and done role. I'd have Never preferred him now proper, proper, longer role. I was a bit scared that it was going to try and shag Bell though, because that's what he did in every episode of In Between Us, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second when he came on because I didn't know he was like a guest star. So I was yes. like, all the time I recognise him, I recognise him, I recognise him, and then it suddenly twigged as to he was. I thought he looked his beard through him a little bit. Now he was a good actor. In. I, don't, okay, I want to ask how you felt at the end. So the, the cliffhanger, oh. the cliffhanger was absolutely mega. The Doctor turns into an angel, uh, and, the, and, the, and the, yeah, and tricked and the concept of that and what it could mean. It's you know, it's quite a devastating, massive thing. So I was, I was like, ah, you know, that cliffhanger, and then it sort of breaks back in again with the Vinda bit. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I, and well, I just was like, oh, oh, is, my, my brain was about to explode. There's, there's more, there's more. But it, it gone. I was going to say, that also comes back to the promotional work that they've been doing for the show, yeah, the where they're in, yeah. breaking into cool. all the adverts be- between the, the programmes on the BBC One. Have I've not seen what, what's it going was, on there. I've not seen that at all. What's happened there? So, okay, has it been... No, just no, when, no, the, tra- was, when the, oh, the promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I thought I'd missed something this week, yeah. You probably have, Greg, at some point, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think the... Uh, yeah, so that little uh, mid-credit scene was, I think, it was beautifully poignant little bit. You had the <gasps> of the doctors, yeah. and then you had a, a bit of like emotional underpinning of it all, with yeah. the search for Bell. And uh, yeah, I thought it was beautifully done. And I thought it was a wonderful idea to stick it in mid credits. I can't, like I that. can't, I can't wait. And don't tell me any theories that, that you've heard about spoilers, but I can't wait to find out who Bell and Vinder are. What, I was about to yeah. ask what our yeah. thoughts on that are because yeah. I've not, I avoid spoilers like the play, yeah. To be if, honest, if, but it's all right theorising. But if you know of any spoilers, no, I don't know of any. I think I think a lot of people will be very upset if, if uh, I've seen some uh, comments that if um, if it's an important child, they're not going to be happy. It'll but it's just what, it'll, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah, it's like people who moan are just sat at home, well, not writing so, anything themselves. So. They've, they've <laughs> got to be there for a reason. <laughs> they've got to be placed. She's got to be placed in this story for some kind of significant development, no matter who it might be. They're not just going to say, no, I can see how Vinda fits in anyway as a bit of a companion, but she's been brought in especially with this unborn child. So there's that, there's, there's got to be a reveal. And I think, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, in my brain, only goes in one direction, but that's because I'm not writing it. I'm not a creative in it's that It's that way. direction anally. <laughs> Can be front or back. All right. <laughs> Led by my balls. Anyway, oh, carry on. Okay. <laughs> um, so, sorry, go on, Suki. I was just going to go back to the some of the images that, that came through on this episode about the angels. Oh, now we've already seen them before, be with the lighting. They the suddenly move and all this stuff, and you've. I think we've already seen little bits where they seem to come out of the wall and stuff before, but the ones that really stood out was the the crumpled angel. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. fire, yeah. Yeah. fire, fire angel. angel. Oh, that, that whole and fucking effect was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. stencil yeah. angel of. It was a one-second frame, but it was just beautiful. Yeah. So you had that, as I said, crumpled the fiery and the telly angel when yeah. you came out of the television as well. I think just some of that stuff to make the angels even more scary and yeah. creepy does, uh, you know, just make the episode even better. I think it really built on the kind of the, the canon or the mythology, whatever you want to use, of the angels. You know, it had the the fact the blink and then it had the, the you see an angel that becomes the angel. Then you had the dust and the sand. Then you had the, if it, you can only survive it once, you can't live twice. And that was t- cool. That yeah. was cool when he just crumpled after you can't survive it twice. Yeah. yeah. So it really built on it. Uh, the one scene that we haven't mentioned yet, you know the how the village ends and it's just nothing? Yeah. It's just a, a nebula out there. Uh, there's a scene where uh, the, the... What's he called? What the fucking old guy uh, is called? Gerald. Gerald, Gerald and Jean. Yeah. yeah. Now, they were there and they were at the edge and he's like, oh, I'm going home. And then there's an angel there and he's going to take it back and he touches it. The way he just goes boom, out of existence is yeah, really neat. Yeah. And then yeah. behind, over the shoulder of this angel, his frame, this woman, 
who's like standing totally alone and seen her husband of many four yes. years disappear. And she's like, the devastation of that moment is really sort of well done. And her terror, Alcabra, I thought they did that amazingly, that little scene. I really enjoyed it. And you also hated him as well, didn't you, as a, as a, as a guy? Because he was so rude to her and so rude to the daughter. I didn't, I didn't hate him. I Did you know? Hate him might be a strong word. I know granddad's like that. It's not a thing. It's just miserable, grumpy old men. Grumpy old miserable. He's not a bad person. He's just not good at Gene, relating to people. Yeah, Gene probably saw her looking for Peggy if he was bad. Gene saw her husband disappear and she probably was devastated for a little bit. But then after 40 years of living with him, she thought to herself, probably thought to herself, yeah, fantastic, all by myself, I ain't got to worry about it. And what happened? Well, fucking angels you know, taking it well, they die together, don't they, in that sense, yeah. He, he also played the main axon, by the way. Oh, did he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no way. Yeah, means. Nice for using these uh, that companions. That sentence doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Have we not reviewed Cards of Axos yet? No, we haven't, actually. Oh, okay, no, right. No, no, he died. Bernard Top, Bernard Holly played... Which Bernard Holly played the, yeah, Bernard Holly just passed away this week. He oh. played the main axon. Right. This one oh played Tarpon in Warriors of oh, Warriors of Yeah, sorry, I got yeah, sorry, you got my Twitter it, stories. It, Apologies. Yeah. Yes. He was the Silurian money in Warriors yes. Deep. Yeah. Do you know when you have to bow down to greater knowledge? I mean, I yeah. don't have great recall, but the Suki just came out with that so quickly and easily. <laughs> it was all I'm actually in awe of him right now. I, I, I just I just wanted to put Bob in his place. I've just got an, I've just got <laughs> an image of Craig bowing down before Suki. Let's see what that <laughs> goes. I don't know how yeah, far down well, that beer goes, it might be a bit messy. Why does why does the division want the doctor? Well, she used to she used work to be part for, of the doctor. Yeah, division. Yeah, so why, she, does, she's why does he want him? Want her so much. She wants yeah. her history. She wants to try and tap into her. That's, what, that's what the that's what the renegade angel has. And she yeah. wants the same, but both of them want the same thing. But division want the doctor, regardless of what her history is. Well, no. the, the Doctor is incredibly awesome and powerful. I mean, if any organisation would want anyone, it would be the Doctor. But what for? Yeah. That's what I'm just, asking. Just, yeah, we don't know. I don't, I don't it's know. a mission know, yet to come. This is, was, yeah. Also, it's like... Go on, Sucky. No, I was just going to say, the scene, the thing with the, the Renegade Angel and the Doctor, the Renegade Angel might know everything about the Doctor up to a point, whereas the Doctor knows the inside details of all the operations from the past so maybe division she doesn't um, remember anything just, though yeah, but oh, they need to it's probably still all locked them, away in there though reckon uh, it's all locked away and that's why but she's trying the to renegade angel knows all the information she knows everything about but, it but, but she, she doesn't want to be put her. into yeah, so but they want they, the doctor for a set for another reason no I think she, the renegade not, angel but, knows up to a certain point whereas the doctor knows everything no I think the renegade angel the renegade angel knows everything yeah, they know that. They That's can... what she said. I, yeah, the, the no, angels... she knows everything about her life. No, she knows everything know about everything. Division. Yeah, because she could tell on the beach. Yeah, That's right. I think I agree with John that the fact that, they, that she could tell the doctor what she was missing, but she knew more. And the right. re, bear in mind that they they were after the, the, the you know the fugitive doctor Ruth. Doctor Ruth was being hunted down before because they wanted to recall her, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah, they're still yeah, exactly. tracing her. They're still, why exactly? Why were they so desperate for her? Maybe it's to, something about why is she hidden with the chameleon a, device? All the time. Craig, you're the time really loud. You're really loud. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. What's been the connection with the timeless child? Because she is the one, the first one. They want her to either start something or it's the DNA they want to, something about her, what they need to connect. Yeah, probably her physical, something yeah. physically about her they need. I tell you what I thought about when I watched it was I, I, this is probably me just when I was finishing it I kind of like watching through but if this is what's happening here the doctor has been running away from the division all their lives then that actually really beautifully fits with the canon of the whole Doctor Who since it came back with Hartnell because all we've ever heard is the doctor is running away on the run and we've never really had an answer he's been on the run from Gallifrey but we could this could easily be expanded to on the oh, run great. from the division but it's never been stated. And it kind of went through my head that, that it would match so nicely. Just I mean, he, he has said that he went on the run from his yeah. own people because it was monotonous and boring. Yeah. And he didn't want to fit in with that sort of stuffy life. But it 
could well, expand. But it could, it could expand, exactly. Yeah, it I mean, could it, expand this whole to... timeless child thing's expanded yeah. Doctor into to new realms that we never yeah. never thought before, which is it brilliant. It could be just innate in him that he needs to run away, but he doesn't understand why he's running. So he Absolutely. comes up with these yeah. ideas and says, yeah. oh, it's because it was boring. But really, yeah. it's his yeah. past where he doesn't yeah. know is to say, it keep feels running. Like if he said it was boring, it was because he didn't want to say what the true answer was, or he doesn't know what the true answer is. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't know. Oh, because he got scared. We don't know what Gallifrey's connection is to the division because that's Galfrey. not been explained. Gallifrey, that's how you pronounce it, Jay Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are we thinking about maybe two words at this point then? Is any, any anything else people want to bring into the conversation between well, it before we do our two words? I mean, my last I, last sort of thoughts on it is that we, got, we get a decent cliffhanger ending. I'm proper loving the format of this six-parter, a oh, modern yeah. age yeah. version of a serial. Yeah. Imagine how some of these would have looked with modern technology. Imagine what war games would look like with modern technology. Imagine yeah. what a good one. Yeah. Talents of Wing Chang would have looked like with um yeah. with technology. Yeah. Just stuff like that. It's like it's quite we're in a mind blowing uh, period for who. And it's just a joy to watch it. Can yeah. I just ask, Bob, did you have you seen the trailer for next week yet? Yes. Are we yeah, are we happy to talk about it very briefly? Because I know you don't want to. Brian the Ood potentially and Kate. Oh, I wondered about Brian the Ood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Brian the Ood. Yeah, I'm the desperate Brian. for it to be Brian. I really am. If it is Brian, I will I will lose my shit. It'll will you ejaculate amazing. straight away? I will ooze Ood <laughs> everywhere. It'll be Ood. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then we've got Kate Stewart back, haven't we, as well? Yeah, yeah. And, and with the Grand Serpent being at yes. the in his suit, and it looks it looks good. Well, we'll find out. We'll find I out. I think we're going to get lots of answers to questions because obviously we're going to have the progression from 1901. So I think this is going to explain how the tunnels under Liverpool came to be in existence. Needs to know, yeah. 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 I think we're going to get It all could that be the, li- the Liverpool exposition next week, then, yeah. with Williamson. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit timey-wimey. I've got a feeling it might be a bit... Good in. ...of a complex one. Doctor Who would expect that. Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys, before we do our two words? Okay, right, so I'm going to come to Cliff. Cliff, can you do me your two words, please, darling? What? How would you summarise this? I'm a sci-fi. Oh, beautiful. That's a horror element, okay? That's your two words. Sci-fi. How about sci-fi? Well, Johnny's our grammar and, and, and language expert. It's hyphenated, <laughs> so yes. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Get in. Learning each week. You're getting to key stage three level soon, Cliff. I know. Uh, <laughs> Sucky. Two words. Horror, horror spectacular. Horror spectacular. Yeah, we are getting that horror gothic feel throughout. Aren't we? Um, go on, Bob. Uh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. What was last week's? It was amazing. What did you come oh, up with last, last week? Last week was just, I can't remember. It was just unreal. Unreal. Right, okay. And finally, uh, Mr. Aitken, John. Uh, magnificent television. Oh, fabulous. Mm. That's perfect. Uh, mine was kind of romping back to my childhood because it brought me so many joy. I went Literally with about 12 words so far. All right, <laughs> <say that. laughs> Angel Delight. I love it. My favorite angel story. This to me makes the angels a worthwhile adversary without any doubt at all. But if I'm not mistaken, it's time now to hand over to Suki and his gorgeous children who are going to give us some of your listeners feedback and also then on to some audio extracts of people that have sent in some, uh, no, just the Suki and his kids chatting to us about any feedback. <laughs> <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Bye. Enjoy the feedback and take care. Lots of love. Enjoy this episode coming up on Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, and uh, welcome to the feedback section of Around the Console. And I'm here with my kids again, Lucky and Arjun. Uh, right, guys, what did you think of Village of the Angels? Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. Um, the angels were very scary. Um, I liked the suspense um, throughout the episode with the village. And then obviously um, with Dan and Yaz, where they've um, gone back in time somewhere else. And then finding out about Peggy as well. Um, how she was just, she was the little girl, now she's the old woman in the times of like the episode. I think it's been my favorite episode <coughs> of the series. I really liked it. 
be fair, I actually was not scared, but like, I feel like this has been quite a scary episode in like a long time. I think one of the moments was when Claire was in the bathroom washing her face and she comes back she gets back up and you see her wings and i was like i don't know if it was the graphics but i found that part quite scary i can't lie i think the fact that she was an angel i think the way they must have filmed it are quite it wasn't graphics it was just once a uh, trick shot that was oh was it yeah i quite like that shot i was like i thought that was probably the scary that was really scary probably the scariest doctor to be for work i really liked it the, the weeping angel was also really scary i like dan and yaz's um like how they like back in the past i think they worked quite well i think they worked quite well together in the past i quite liked them but um, I think it was actually genuinely good episode. The ending was good. When yeah, the doc- I was going to ask you about the cliffhanger ending. Uh, the Doctor turning into an angel. What did you thought? I'd- <laughs> I thought that was quite... Um- not to say, actually, like I didn't, I didn't expect it. Yeah. But I felt like I think at this point there was a lot of talk about the division, and I was like, even though I liked the storyline, I was like, I think a part of me is like, why has the division just popped up out of nowhere? Obviously, because it's the storyline for the, this Doctor, but I feel like it's such a, it's been there since she before she was the first Doctor, and it's like, oh, we need you now, and I'm like, why do you need her now? But I'm assuming it's because of um, those two. Um, the flux. The flux. Like, <coughs> I was like, oh, I like the storyline, but I feel like it's a lot as well. But um, no, I like the ending, it was good. When she turned into Weeping Angel, I was like, didn't expect that. But then I'm thinking, is she a Weeping Angel? That's the thing. Or is she not a Weeping Angel? No, she, I, I, believe, I believe she's been taken over by a Weeping Angel. That makes way more sense, but I'm thinking it's how. A bit can... like Claire's been taken over by a Weeping Angel. I was like, can a doctor be taken over by an angel? Question, question. Okay, right, so let's crack on with uh, our feedback. Uh, first of all, we have Gary Russell. Abs- Gary. Absolutely stunning. Why have we waited for three series for it to get good again? Could have done without the bell stuff. 8.5 out of 10. What's th- oh, the bell, the girl. The bell stuff. <laughs> what do you think uh, of yeah, that? Yeah, um, it's a bit... It's all... Okay, I don't. I think it's not necessary. You know mm. what I mean? Like, obviously, we'll find out why it'll be necessary. But right now, it's a bit, um, it's like a bit basic at the moment. I think they're just trying to keep uh, within the viewers' uh, eye line. Yeah. That way, everybody. She's a bit more familiar by the time some more substantive happens with her story. Substantive. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's why they're just keeping these little nuggets that come through. Uh, next up, we have uh, Take Your Seats uh, regular guest, David Paul Morgan. I I think I have made it this week. Another great episode. What a super use of the <coughs> Weeping Angels. Continued use of their own mythos. mythos. The use of the village cut off from the world gave me real demon vibes. Demons vibes. Demon vibes. I'm loving the interconnectedness of the characters in the division. Also loving the return of the traditional cliffhanger with proper resolution. Um, so I'm an Azore, Azore, Azora are just fantastic characters. My theory is that they are the same species as Eldral, Eldrald, Eldrad, Eldrad, the crystal growths. Their storyline was very well, very well handled, but I totally miss the significance of Peggy to right until the end. Lovely scenes between Rinda and Namaka, ex in between us, and and. And I'm also warm to the Belvinda storyline. I really hope the baby is not a significant character arc. My other half has really enjoyed the Chibnall era, and this is really, really, and is really, really enjoying the series. I've regained my faith and love of who. Oh, I forgot. Eight angels out of ten, loving it. <laughs> Cheers for that, Dave. Oh my god, and the Ood. We saw the Ood in the um, the next time. That was the next one. Right, uh, we've got some more feedback from Danielle Georgette. Was so well done. You have. <clears throat> was so well done. You don't. You don't realize less happened than the previous week. What happens is so huge and suspenseful. You don't stop to think. I liked over half the last two series very much. The more com- contemplative episodes are a nice change from breakneck speeds, but this one was non-stop action, crossing the streams and reversing the polarity even more hilarious. Yes, there was a couple of times where they've used previous doctors. Uh, Catchphrases, uh-huh. and one of them was like reversing the polarity, which was uh, a John Pertwee catch line, uh-huh. catchphrase. So they've used that, and again, it looks like people who weren't on board um, with mm-hmm. previous shows are all getting on board with this one. 
Yeah. Yeah, and we've got next up we have Zelda Griselda. What an episode. Every week it gets better and better. The ending was shocking to say at the least. Such amazing stuff this series really clap clap. Cheers for that Zelda. We next have George Watson. Very good episode. Dark and mysterious. Brought the angels back in a way that gave them something to do. Lots happening with a superb ending. For me, this is the best Doctor Who has been for years and has a wonderfully classic feel to it as well. Mm. Does it have a classic feel to it, do you think? Yeah, it does seem to be having a, a lot of stuff that used to happen in old stories seem to be being brought back. I mean, this story, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, there's uh, with it's got like demons vibes, which is a John Pertwee story from the early uh, mid nineteen seventies, um, early nineteen seventies. So it, it's got all these elements from that sort sort of story and just brought them back. So yeah, it, it has got that classic feel to it. Uh, next up, we have Heather Crab. How are they going to wrap all this up in just two episodes? Yeah, I was thinking that. No, you got to look at it. That if he's managed to plot this story out like this for the past four episodes I'm sure he's got it plotted yeah Christian has got it plotted for the last two so I've, I've, I've a feeling he will should wrap up most of it and then maybe leave a couple of uh, yeah. storylines dangling for uh, the specials to come yeah next up we have Max Kane okay this was the best episode of this series and maybe the best of Jodie's whole run every episode in this series gets better and better I'm excited for next week. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. So next week's uh, the trailer was shown. Yeah. And you recognise the Ood was in this one. Yeah, the Ood was in there. I quite like it. They're bringing loads of monsters back in the series. I remember a couple of days ago we watched uh, Day of the Doctor and you got Kate Stewart. Yeah. She's. Oh, yeah, oh my god, yeah, we saw it, yeah. that. I was like, I recognise her. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, so she's back. Kate left me Stewart. Was there um, anyone else in the trailer? Yeah, the, the other chap that seems to be returning is the Great Serpent, who was oh, Vinder's boss. Oh, yeah, Vinder's boss, yeah. He was talking to Kate, wasn't he? Yeah, well, look like oh, he's yeah. talking look like I don't so. think Sigma was. I don't think he is. But the you, lo- you don't think he's talking to Kate? Could be someone else. That's true, but I feel like the shots were, like, together, weren't they? So they weren't together. The shots weren't together. They were just split together. Uh, uh, just <coughs> edited together. The scenes, yeah. Oh, the scenes, right, so yeah. I have a feeling... He might be talking to somebody else because I don't know if uh, the Grand Serp, the Great Serp, and Grand Serp, I'm not sure who he is, if he's from uh, the past, future, or how far away he is. So, how is he communicating with Kate Elizabeth Stewart? I'm oh. not exactly sure. Um, we've got uh, <coughs> a couple more pieces, and the first one is Tori Diana. I kind of wonder about the sort of break and the break out of their mid credit, the break in and the break out of the mid credit scene, and if it was just an interesting effect to transition to the scene, or if it was symbolising something else. Yeah, I thought that too. Actually, I thought it was something to do with the Weeping Angels. Like, I well, like, could not have they sent me back in the past. I thought maybe that scene's from the past. But then I don't think that would really work because it's just the same time, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think that scene. Is anything to do with the Weeping Angel? I think this is more to do with the flux and maybe some sort of oh. uh, thing to do with that lady that the doctor spoke to oh, and sent her away, just like that. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Right? So I think that's from that because it's somewhere to do with time. If you notice, did you see the promotional material for the series where the doctor is standing at the console and Yaz and, um, or in front of the console, and Yaz and uh, Dan are behind her? Right, trying to wrestle with it, right, and she said, and she kept breaking into the uh, the BBC commercials in between the uh, the shows. I think I saw that. No. I'll show you it later. Yeah, <laughs> but it, this is that sort of same thing where they've just broken into the credits on this show, huh. right? So our final piece of uh, written feedback, is, well, our final piece of feedback is John Gilkey. Given what we know of the division and Weeping Angels, would that answer the question of how one of the angels ended up in the same prison, in the cells next to the Doctor in Revolution of the Daleks? Now, can you remember watching the New Year's episode last year? I remember Jack. Or this year. And yeah, Jack that's saved, the one. Um, getting the Doctor out. When the Doctor was in the prison, there was a Weeping Angel next to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. She does oh, yeah. Is there any... Uh, relevance. Relevance of why that Weeping Angel was in the prison right next to the Doctor? Other than maybe the costume was available on the day to be able to use it. Yeah, I don't know. I know how the division has 
intercept in a sense all of the monsters have has never been like mentioned how they're gonna make it fit how they're gonna make it work like the doctor's faced all these monsters before but no one's ever mentioned in division obviously because it hasn't the storyline's already been made in this doctor but like it makes you think like how do you carry it on without without refer referring to the past or something you know what i mean yeah yeah so i was like I'm, that's why i was like the weeping angel like the fact that she's part of the division like but we've met you before multiple times and it's never mentioned and how were they extraction squad were they extermination squad extraction, extraction squad. squad i was like what on the sweet weeping angels were extraction squad well you know the, what the, what they do is they ex they take people out of time extract yeah. things extract uh. people out of time so this is probably what they were trying to do with this uh, renegade uh. angel but they've now got a better deal, which is have the doctor instead of me, right? Whether it was a trap on yeah. the on the half of the behalf of the uh, renegade angel, yeah. or maybe just a last minute deal, yeah, you know, to save us, save, save yeah. themselves. Right. So you're looking forward to next week's episode? I'm actually looking forward to. It. I yeah. really enjoyed this episode. It's a good episode. Good, good. Right, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, so I'll, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, for the rest of you, bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.